Welcome everyone to the Q for Two, your podcast companion for learning all about your favorite theme park attractions. Whether listening at home or while waiting in the queue, we'll fill you in on all the information you need to get the most out of your ride experience. I'm your host, Matthew, and joining me as always is my super best friend, Ryan. Today, we're talking about a unique coaster at Six Flags Over Georgia, Superman Ultimate Flight. Ryan, what's up, bud? What's up? You mean up there? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Superman Ultimate Flight. I really want to keep a counter for how many times we make really bad jokes, especially when it comes to the word super or flying in this episode. (laughs) That would be too many. (laughs) But that's part of our charm, right? Right? Anyone agree with me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am excited to talk about this ride. I absolutely adore this ride at Six Flags Over Georgia. And so I'm excited to talk all about it today with you. Me too. And I don't know anything about the history of this ride, so I'm excited to learn about it because I agree. It's uh, one, not necessarily always a must do every time I go to Six Flags, but usually one of the ones on my list, my top list that I want to hit while I'm in the park. Gotcha. Well, then let's fly on into it. Whoosh. So Superman Ultimate Flight is a steel flying coaster that is located in the Metropolis section of the Six Flags Over Georgia theme park. This coaster has a top speed of 60 miles per hour, a height of 125 feet, length of 2,759 feet, and a duration of three minutes. So what is a flying coaster? Does the coaster lift off of the ground and fly away? (laughs) So glad you asked. So a flying coaster for all of those out there is just when the passengers are lifted in a way that allows them to ride parallel with the track. So instead of either sitting on top or, you know, perpendicular to the track, whether it's below or above, uh, you are actually riding completely parallel with the track. And that is what gets you that sensation that you are flying through the air like Superman. You have to put your arms out in front of you, because if your arms are at your side, then you're not flying like Superman. You're flying like being shot out of a cannon. So that is an important distinction. You have to put your arms out in front of you on this one. Have to. It's a rule. And we'll get that in the tips and tricks section. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said, this coaster is located in the back of the park in the very fitting section, Metropolis Park, along with last episode, Justice League Battle for Metropolis alongside some games uh, called Metropolis Games. Again, just like when we talked about Goliath, they've got these nice little carnival games. A good time, you know, if you've got some extra little money that you want to spend playing some your classic theme park games. Got to plug that IP. And I mean, we talked about it in the last episode with bringing Battle for Metropolis into the park, getting that IP out there. But Superman Ultimate Flight is the OG for this park, plugging in that DC IP. And of course, there are some other DC intellectual property reps in the park, but they are in another land for another day. Yes, sir. Now we were talking about Metropolis Park. I do want to mention in the back of the park, there are sort of two other sections back there that we won't touch on too much. One being Lick Skillet, which we talked about a lot when we got the Blue Hawk episode uh, earlier in the season, also containing the Great American Scream Machine. And I want to go ahead and put that out there. We are going to get a Great American Scream Machine episode in several weeks. So be on the lookout for that if that's one of your favorite rides. The ride is also next to the entrance to Hurricane Harbor. So I don't think we're going to talk too much about Hurricane Harbor, 
but we will, spoilers, have a water episode later in the season as well. So we will touch a little bit on Hurricane Harbor during that episode. So I want to go ahead and put that out there. Here with the Six Flags episode, we've been combining a couple different rides into this one. This one's solely going to be about Superman. So with that being said, let's jump right into the official ride description. Up in the air, it's a bird, it's a plane. It could be you. What does it feel like to be Superman? This heroically proportioned, 106 foot tall steel champion is not just one of the most creative and insanely designed roller coasters you will ever ride. More importantly, you will get to experience the world through Superman's eyes. Step over the threshold of the giant iconic letter S and into the world of stupendous speed and effortless fluidity. The red and gold tracks shoot in front of you and behind you, just like the blur of Superman's cape, as you travel at hypersonic speeds most humans could have never known. You'll ride the way Superman flies, face down and head first. This is the ultimate way to experience the challenge of the mind-ripping new legend, the Pretzel Loop. Once you clear the first 10-story drop, you'll fly into this totally innovative loop design, which are really two inversions in one. You can tell from the name of the pretzel loop that you'll be more than slightly twisted by the warped track. Then, with the grace of Superman, you'll tackle a high-speed horseshoe-shaped curve, a breathtaking helix, and then a full 360-degree inline roll. Good thing you left your kryptonite at home. There is a sense of total fluidity and control as you maneuver this track. You're a pro now. As you sail head first over the razor thin track, you'll have a wide open view of the world as it blurs past you while soaring through the air like an adventurous superhero. Man, that was a mouthful and a lot of words repeated over and over again. <laughs> Did they really say totally innovative? Totally innovative loop design. <laughs> the other part of it that really got me is uh, when you said you're a pro now, I thought you said you're a pronoun. And I was just really confused what was happening. (laughs) It is funny that you caught totally innovative. What the point of that one was is totally innovative pretzel loop. To describe the pretzel loop for all of those out there, it is essentially a vertical loop that starts at the top, going down in a dive, and then coming back up to make the tracks cross at the top, thus looking like a pretzel shape. What's interesting, and I didn't realize this, is that this inversion was actually first introduced on this coaster. So they have the right to say that it was totally innovative at the time because, you know, this ride has been in service for a while and this was the first one that uh, showed that pretzel loop. So it wasn't just them throwing colorful words around. It was actually uh, appropriate. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, they've probably redone that since then, but someone wrote it at one point and they said, that's what what it is. We're going to stick to fame to claim with this ride. There you go. Gotta love those innovative loops and twirls and all the <laughs> hip roller coaster lingo. And I do want to point out, you were asking, we brought up flying parallel to the track being the mainstay of this ride. So for those of you that have not ridden this before, the way this works is that you start in a fully seated position with both padded shoulder and ankle restraints that hold you in place. And I will say, I actually really enjoy the restraints on Superman. I think they're really comfortable. And I think for what the ride does, I think it does a really good job. I know we've been on some rides that have really rough restraints, but I would say I like the restraints on Superman compared to some of the other ones. They're overall pretty comfortable. I'll be honest, every time I'm on Superman, it never feels like enough. I always feel like they're just going to give way and my body is going to be parallel to the ground and fall and get ever closer and see that smash. That's the fun of it to me. <laughs> I love that feeling of you could fall out at any time. And if I was going to go, that's how I'd want to go. 
So once you have those restraints on, you will then be lifted, hanging up. So your feet will get rise up and you'll be hanging parallel to the ground, giving you that perfect flying sensation. And again, that design, that's why I love the flying coasters. That's what makes it so interesting to me. And from a coaster perspective, it is a huge breath of fresh air so that you're not just sitting in a car or anything like that. Don't mind those rides at all. But that's one of the main reasons that I absolutely adore Superman and the flying coaster design. Uh, Absolutely. It's a unique ride and it's uh, definitely a cool experience to ride even on repeat experiences. Heck yeah. So the first flying coaster was launched in 1997 at Granada Studios Tour in the UK, and it was known as Skytrack. Interestingly enough, and the reason I wanted to include this, not only being the first flying coaster, its design only had one person per car. Oh, wow. So it was basically just one single person hanging from the track, and it was so innovative that immediately Vacoma, Bollinger and Mobillard, and several other vendors immediately decided they wanted to make their own version of the flying coaster. What is funny, though, about that coaster, it only was open for a year. It closed down in 1998. So take that as you will. It was a cool design to get everybody started, but it did not last with only being able to get like 250 people through a day in in the theme park with one at a time sort of situation. I was going to say with closing after a year, that must have been really disappointed for the people that were there on opening day that got in the back of the line and had to wait the whole year. And then the roller coaster got closed because <laughs> good gosh, that must have had some capacity issues taking one person at a time. Did you say 250 a day? I believe that's what I saw. Yeah. Wow. That's very, very low. Now, as I mentioned, our flying coaster was designed by the same manufacturer as Goliath which was Bollinger and Mabillard, or B&M. Like I said, as soon as they saw Skytrack, they began designing their own flying coaster, and they actually built two that opened a mere month apart in 2002. The first one was Air at Alton Towers in the UK, and the second being Superman Ultimate Flight at our very own Six Flags Over Georgia. Interesting. I've heard good things about Alton Towers before, but admittedly, I know very little about the park, but I've just heard in passing that they've got some great rides there. We're going to add our classic send Q for two to Alton Park plug that we love to do anytime we bring up a foreign theme park. (laughs) Send us them tickets to the mailbox that we don't have. (laughs) Just message us. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Hit us up in those DMs. Oh yeah, perfect. So the rides were instant hits solely based on their uniqueness and two more versions were immediately ordered for both Six Flags Great Adventure and Six Flags Great America, and they both opened a year later in 2003. Were those like exact copies of the one at Six Flags Over Georgia? So that is interesting that you ask. They are almost identical. There is a little bit of a difference from the height and the length of the track design and also the way that they load. So Georgia is the only one with a dual platform loading station. So it actually allows for three trains at a time so that, you know, one's being loaded, one is coming into the dock on the other side, and one is on the tracks at a time. So the one at Great America and Great Adventure only has two trains with one single loading station. The way they compensated for that from a ride perspective or, you know, people coming through is that they added an extra row of seats. So Georgia only has seven rows with four seats. And the other two have eight rows with four seats. Interesting. Okay. 
The other difference is that Georgia was built on sort of a hilly, you know, the area of the park, it's pretty hilly back there on the other side of the carousels. And so it actually has that tunnel right before you enter the 270 degree helix leading into the roll. The other two locations were actually built replacing old coasters on old parking lot space. So that's one of the big differences between their design is that they don't have that tunnel. Not that it's like a really big tunnel or anything, but that, you know, is one of the sort of features that sets Six Flags over Georgia apart from the other two. But other than that, from what I can see, they're very similar coasters. And I don't know if they have the exact twists and turns, but all the same features are there. Gotcha. Now, there is also a clone of the ride that opened in 2006, and that actually is named Crystal Wing, and it is located at Happy Valley in Beijing, China. So for any of our listeners that happen to be in China, you can get the experience of Six Flags over Georgia right in Beijing, you know, your backyard. But they're not going to have all the cool cutouts of the Superman villains in the queue waiting for the attraction. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I also want to note that there is another ride, which funny enough is also called Superman Ultimate Flight. The only difference in the name is that it doesn't have the colon after Superman. It is at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom in California. It is a roller coaster, a completely different design. It's not a flying coaster in any way, shape, or form. So I don't really understand why they named it the exact same thing at a Six Flags park, but someone decided that it was fine. And that's the theme they wanted to go to. So more power to them. Is the logo different too? Like a Superman all dehydrated looking on the sign? Yeah, that's what it is. It's his fight from kryptonite, flying back and forth over kryptonite. That's a medicine joke for all the kids out there. Your colon is responsible for reabsorbing water from the GI tract. Now I have to leave this in. (laughs) A classic turn of phrase for Q for two. (laughs) So those are the three main, uh, like I said, the versions. Both you and I have been on the over Georgia version many a time. There are really not that many differences. I will say when you go into the Golden Ticket Awards, what's really interesting is that even though it was a super new design back in 2002, from what I can tell, it only actually peaked at number 33 for the top 50 steel coasters. I was looking into why, trying to figure out, you know, why it wasn't higher than that. And I was looking into some reviews, apparently some reviews of the coaster say that it was actually boring compared to rides like Batman, that the only thing that really happened, and I think these were reviews from later when Batman opened up and everything along those lines, but it was the flying aspect was really the only thing that was novel about it and was interesting, and people didn't like the coaster itself. So I thought that was really interesting because me and my wife have always loved Superman. It's always been one of our favorites. And so it was weird to hear that people didn't like it that much. That's really surprising. I can't imagine stepping off of that ride and going, yeah, that was boring. Like, I guess if you're not a huge fan of roller coasters, then I could understand not enjoying the ride experience. But that ride is anything but boring. For sure. Now, that is pretty much all I've found. There's not really a lot of history or anything with the ride. And again, we're not really covering too much else in this area of the park. So I'm going to jump on in to my experience with the ride. When I remember going back to the park, 
This was always one of my favorites. It's in that back of the park. And I've mentioned this multiple times when we've talked about, you know, quote unquote, rope dropping the term for Disney. But getting to the park as soon as it opens is that people always go to Goliath. And I've always loved running back to which, again, do not run in the parks, speed walking to the back of the park and tearing through Blue Hawk and Superman as soon as we could. That was always our favorite, and you could usually ride those a couple times before the crowd got too bad. Yeah, honestly, my experience lines up with that pretty well. I remember even before we were going to Six Flags together in college, the times that I went before, a lot of times the play was beeline to the back of the park, ride Superman at least twice, and then while everybody's getting in line for Superman and nobody wants to get in line for Blue Hawk, then I go ride Blue Hawk seven times. <laughs> and while you're doing that, I'll do the sky swings all day long. There you go. Now, the other thing that I do want to mention from my personal experience, and I don't know how it's been lately, when I remember going a lot in those seasons, this is one of the coasters that I feel like more than any of the other coasters at Six Flags Over Georgia was closed a lot. I don't know exactly the reason why, whether it was just broken down, they didn't have the staff for it, you know, what was going on with it. And again, I can't really speak. It's been a minute since I've been. But if the coaster is open, I would say go for it, jump on it. Because again, it's one of my favorites. It's worth writing. So just keep that in mind if you're going for the first time and you see that it might be closed, watch the apps and that sort of thing. And so if it does get open, try and get over there as fast as you can, because I don't think you want to miss this super unique experience. Absolutely. And with talking about ride closures, you know, at Six Flags, a park where you have a lot of outdoor roller coasters, if you're met with severe weather and a lot of rain, you're going to have closures of a lot of your outdoor attractions waiting for the weather to pass. I do feel like, at least in my experience, there's been a lower threshold to close Superman for weather. I feel like there have been times that we've gone where there's been a light rain or even just looking like there's going to be a light rain and they go ahead and close Superman while a lot of the other attractions outdoors are still open. So I don't know, like, I mean, maybe I'm just looking into something that's not actually there. I mean, when you look at the sample size statistics of how many times (laughs) I've been to the theme park, it might just be totally coincidental and I'm associating things that aren't related, but that has seemed that way to me at least. Now for some tips and tricks that I've picked up over the years. Again, this is a ride that I've been riding for a long time, ever since I was younger, going to the ride, you know, high school and that sort of thing. If they have both of the queues open for both loading stations, I know it's really is going to depend on how crowded the park is and everything, whether they have both running. But if it is one of those crowded days, statistically, go left. Choose the left option. That goes for this ride. That goes for any ride that there are two lines. The reasoning is, is that most of the population of the United States um, and probably the world, if I had to guess, is right handed. And so statistics say that if you you don't really have a choice or you, you don't see a difference between the lines, that a lot of people will just instinctively go right. So again, this might not be that big of a deal. But I have always lived by the mantra that if you ever get the option, go left. And usually that will be your shorter line. It's not foolproof, but it it does work. There have been several times that it's worked. Cut off a good 10 minutes on a wait. Yep. And I will say, pick who was in the right line. Remember what they're wearing. And then you stare them down. And you remember when they get on and you'll know whether you won or lost. That's how you do it. 
that's how you get the most out of your experience in the queue is you turn it into a competition. Exactly. <laughs> and then you know you're the true Superman. Now, speaking of the queue, you mentioned this earlier. There are little cutouts that talk about, you know, superhero characters and the villains. Take your time, like we've talked about with other rides, and read those while you're in the queue. Obviously, if the line is not there, you don't have to just sit there and read them. But they're really interesting facts. And as someone that loves the, you know, superheroes in the DC world, it's always been super interesting to me to learn more about some characters that you might just know on the surface level. And I'm glad to know that they are still there as long as I'm aware from what you were saying earlier. Yeah, the last time I rode, they still had them in the line. And it's good to brush up on that knowledge, because if you're going to be assuming the role of Superman, you never know when you're going to have to fight one of them. So (laughs) take the chance and uh, get all the info you can. Yep. And the last tip that I had was enjoy the shade in this one. If I remember correctly, this line can be brutal. This section of the park can be brutal. There's not a whole lot of trees once you go past the carousel hill on this backside of the park. And so there are definitely sections of this line that are directly in the sun. So remember, stay hydrated, stay shaded. Again, that's been one of our tips throughout the entire Six Flags Over Georgia season. You're in the south. You're in the sun. Be careful. Watch yourself. Drink plenty of fluids. And this line is the same as the rest of them. And now with that, I think that's all I've got. Again, I apologize. It's a shorter episode, but I will open up the floor to Ryan to see what kind of stories he's got. Before I get into stories, there is one more tip I would add, and it's kind of a tack on to your last tip there. This is just a general theme park tip that actually uh, you taught me, Matthew, several years ago, that when you're thinking about needing to stay hydrated in the parks, you know, sometimes if you're planning to go buy a soda in a theme park, you're going to be paying like nine or ten dollars for a soda or whatever. And sometimes you just don't want to spend that money. Well, we all know the best way to stay hydrated in the first place is drinking water, not drinking soda and, you know, rotating some electrolyte beverages in there to replace what you're losing in your sweat. But if you just want to get some water to stay hydrated, you can go to any concession stand in the park and ask them for a water cup free of charge. And that's something that theme parks have to do to make sure that their guests aren't getting dehydrated as they have to offer that service. And so I'm getting like six water cups every time I'm in the park and I'm staying good and hydrated. Heck yeah. And I will say on that note, you know, they try to fool you in the sense of they have these water bottles that are overpriced and people think that you have to buy the water bottles. A lot of the places like this, if you don't want to wait in a line, sometimes they will also have little kiosk off to the side that has like a water station. And so you could get a little cup. Uh, I don't remember if Six Flags has too many places. I feel like the diner outside of Goliath had that, if I can remember, at least at some point in their sort of lifespan. But I know other parks that I've been to lately, you know, like Bush Gardens, Williamsburg have that sort of thing. So you don't have to wait in a full, super crowded lunch line. You can sort of go up, get your water. And if the park allows you to bring water bottles, definitely take a water bottle. Feel free to fill it up and get you that water. They have one of those at the bigger restaurant across from Daredevil sitting right next to Goliath. If you're over at Superman and you're looking to get some water, you are going to have to wait in a line. At least at this point in time, the concession stands over there don't have a water refill station without getting a cup. But you bring up a good point, Matthew. If you go up to the cashier and you say, I would like one water, please, they're going to ring you up for a water bottle and say, (laughs) that'll be $16 or, you know, whatever. So what you have to do is you take my approach and you look them 
right in the eyes and you say, I will have a free water cup, please. <laughs> the please is important. It's nice to have manners. So, you know, throw that in there. Get your free water cup. Stay hydrated out there, people. Heck yes. But really, that's the only tip I had to add just as a generic park tip. I've been looking for an opportunity to bring that up. But yeah, Superman is a very fun ride. I encourage everybody, if you're going to Six Flags, make this a ride that you want to go on unless, you know, you're terrified of roller coasters or have a heart condition or all the disclaimer things here. But if you are a thrill person, if you like roller coasters, this is a fun one to do. If you ride it enough times, you might start doing random creative things like starting to think about the loops being the uh, opening sequence to the Game of Thrones and singing the Game of Thrones theme like uh, we do in our video that you can see with the Superman ride experience on our YouTube channel. Go check it out at Q for two and listen to our horrible rendition of the Game of Thrones opening theme music. (laughs) I'm so excited to watch that video again. I'm so, so pumped. It's been a little while. We had had that immortalized through the power of video. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much all I got to say. A good coaster. Go check it out. Experience it for yourself. Heck yeah. And again, Ryan says it might not be a must ride every time. I say it definitely is. But if you've never been, you at least need to ride it once. It's definitely a must at least try at least one time. So again, apologize for a little bit shorter episode, but I hope you enjoyed. I will go ahead and tease next week's episode or you know the next episode in two weeks is going to be a little bit longer. And so if you are looking into that, I don't know if I want to spoil the next episode, but we're both very excited for it. So be on the lookout for that. And I think that's all I've got. Ryan, I will let you get us out of here. I'll just tease and say that our next episode is going to be looking at the history of a pretty unique attraction in this park that has gone through a couple of different iterations that we'll have some fun talking about. So look forward to that in the next two weeks. And we will see you then. See you then. Well, that cue went faster than expected. We hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new about this super ride. As always, we'd love to hear your experiences with this attraction or any fun facts you have. Feel free to join our Discord server and join the conversation or shout at us on Twitter or Instagram at q for 2 That's at Q-U-E-U-E underscore F-O-R underscore T-W-O. q for 2 You can also drop a comment on our YouTube channel. All the links can be found in the episode description below. Now, go catch that ride, and we'll see you in the next Q for Two. Up, up, and away!